Hello and welcome to DW's Conflict Zone podcast. I'm Tim Sebastian. And my guest in Beijing is senior colonel Zhu Bo, expert on Chinese security and strategy. If you enjoy this program, don't forget to like and share it. A Chinese balloon flying high over America has led to the cancellation of high-level talks between Beijing and Washington and halted any chance of a thaw in relations between the two countries. The Americans said the balloon was spying and shot it down over the Atlantic. The Chinese claim it was studying the weather and strayed unintentionally off course. What will happen next? Well, apart from the balloon, there are plenty of other irritants that Washington wanted to discuss. China's refusal to condemn Moscow's invasion of Ukraine and its increasing threats to Taiwan. Is China stepping up preparations to take the island by force? Senior Colonel Zhu Bo, welcome to Conflict Zone. Thank you, Mr. Sebastian. China's balloon got shot down after violating U.S. airspace. It had no right to be there, of course. Why the indignant response from Beijing? Is it that they just don't like getting caught? I think the Chinese government has expressed regret already. And therefore, I believe the American government should not make really a fuss about it. After all, it's just an accident. Uh, so they should not really bother too much about it. If I compare this kind of entry, which is most unfortunate, to America's re uh, numerous and endless reconnaissance and surveillance along Chinese coast or in the South China Sea, in the name of freedom of navigation, I would say their activities are purposeful, while ours are, uh, are inadvertent in this case. You say uh, you know, that... Uh... America is making a fuss, but we've had claims of overreaction from your government, a statement of strong discontent and protest. There was even a threat of retaliation. We reserved the right to take further measures. What happened to China's call for cool heads? You're not telling me China wouldn't have done exactly the same thing if a U.S. balloon had floated over its territory? Well, I think uh, you have a uh, use the right word, overreaction, and that is how we have described American action on American part. Uh, China, of course, would reserve uh, uh, rights, uh, you know, to reciprocate. If there is a tit, of course, you can expect a tat. But I believe uh, the general uh, spirit of the remarks of the spokesman is to have, a, you know, a kind of a cool-headed uh, conversation to talk about all this. Because uh, there are so many international rules regarding aviation, regarding shipping industry, but to my knowledge, not uh, so uh, many rules are, are made about this kind of uh, balloon stuff. Although historically there are just the law of the world which prohibits, for example, throwing projectiles or explosives from balloons. So if the United States believes this is so alarming, then I probably believe this would provide a good chance for the two countries to talk about all these things in a candidate, honest manner. Well, let's just look at China's claim. Beijing says this was nothing more than a weather balloon. It was blown off course by unpredictable winds. And yet, out of almost 10 million square miles in North America to choose from, your balloon just hovers, it parks itself for a while above America's missile silos in Montana. What a coincidence. Does China really expect anyone to believe that explanation? Well, if people do not believe it, 
then uh, my question is, how can China, you know, project such a big balloon, which is as large as three buses, which moves slowly and in the direction of the United States, knowing this surely would be detected, knowing Mr. Anthony Blinken, American secretary, is set to visit China uh, in almost real time. What is the purpose of China doing that? Well, somebody didn't want the visit. Um, if you can't control your balloons and prevent them from violating other countries' airspace, perhaps you shouldn't be flying them in the first place, should you? Well, I think, uh, you know, uh, using balloons for uh, scientific research is uh, perfectly uh, legal and it is allowable. As I said before, this is uh, simply an accident. Well, people make mistakes and uh, there could be accidents. Uh, so it is uh, it is all right, and we are honest about that. We expressed regret, and we hope this page would be over. If this page is not over, then we should discuss about how we should avoid things, you know, from happening in the future. The Americans tracked this balloon for some days. Last Wednesday, the State Department raised the issue with your embassy in Washington, but it got no answers. So here's the question. Why did Beijing wait for the Americans to raise this issue? If it was an honest mistake and an innocent flight, why didn't Beijing act according to international norms and immediately alert Washington when this object violated U.S. airspace? I don't believe the Chinese government uh, was silent. Actually, if you read uh, uh, the website of uh, Chinese Minister of Foreign Affairs, our spokesman actually was uh, talking about this almost on a daily basis in recent days. And uh, from the first uh, remarks uh, of the spokesman, she mentioned clearly that uh, we would, uh, you know, investigate into the situation because the uh, Ministry of Foreign Affairs should not be supposed to know everything beforehand. And this is a, a down-to-earth, honest attitude for her to say it like that and then for uh, China to find it out. And China uh, very soon has expressed its uh, opinion through a statement. Yes, but the fact is, China had the chance to raise this issue of its own accord with the Americans. You tell me it didn't know where its balloon was. It didn't raise the issue. It waited until the Americans had raised it. And then last Thursday, when the US announced the, president, the presence of the balloon, your spokeswoman played dumb, saying China would gather and verify the facts. There was nothing to gather or verify. Was there, Senior Colonel Zhubo, saying, well, you already yeah, knew exactly what it was because the State Department had raised the issue with your diplomats. So why play dumb? Honest people don't need to do that, do they? Well, I, I think the Minister of Foreign Affairs uh, should not be uh, taken for granted that they should know everything beforehand because it's not that everybody would provide them information beforehand. And if there is an accident or if there is an incident, well, when it has become public or if Minister of Foreign Affairs is aware of it, of course it will start investigation with approval of the Chinese government. And then we could find out uh, the truth. Yeah, well, this, this is uh, obvious, I believe. There's nothing wrong with that. This isn't right the first it. time. According to the Pentagon, this isn't the first time you've done this. Pentagon says you've got away with doing this at least four other times. It seems you send these balloons off and you can't control them, you say, and, um, 
and then you don't draw attention to the countries whose airspace you're violating. That doesn't seem to be the act of a responsible power, which China continually says it is. Well, Pentagon would say so many things, and I don't know which one is true and which is not, but I know at least one thing is true. When one of the four-star generals talked about China uh, made China going to attack Taiwan in 2025, uh, Pentagon expressed a disagreement. And this kind of a dis discrepancy would show actually domestically how divided the United States has become uh, in terms of, of uh, coordination among three branches, in terms of coordination even within the military. So right now, the well, you don't States, seem to be much better in divided. coordinating. It's, uh, you it's don't, you don't throughout the world, the United States domestically is highly divided. You don't seem much better at coordination in China, to be honest. If you don't know, if your ministries don't know where your balloons are and they sail blithely over whichever countries they uh, they feel like at the particular time, and you say nothing about it. What what's puzzling about China's indignant reaction? to the shooting down, is that it seems to want to make this an even more damaging offence than it already is. Why? Well, if you are talking about a damaging, I believe this uh, certainly has affected China-U.S. relationship, is, if this is what you want to talk about. This relationship is already sour enough, and this incident has certainly affected this relationship. But uh, I believe... Uh, uh, we, we need to sit down to talk about uh, so many, so many important issues. We should not let a big you know, balloon overshadow this relationship. That would be silly. Yeah, there are, a balloon is a balloon and it is, it is no longer there and it will be left probably in history. But there are so many pressing hard issues for these two countries to deal with. And this is a priority. Otherwise, why would President Biden send uh, Anthony Blinken to come to China? So you think the visit of Anthony Blinken, U.S. Secretary of State, can be resurrected, can it? Is this what China wants? I think uh, he himself has expressed that he would come to China at the earliest possible time. I believe he's waiting for, for, for the lapse of time to a certain extent because uh, he certainly would not wish his visit, apparently a very important visit, to be overshadowed by a big symbolic balloon. This sounds like a Hollywood movie. Let's talk, if we may, about the war in Ukraine, one of the subjects that Mr Blinken might perhaps have discussed with your government if his trip had gone ahead. You've written that China has taken a careful line between Russia, its strategic partner, and Ukraine, a significant trading partner. But isn't that just a polite way of saying you're sitting on the fence waiting to see who wins? After all, you don't want to back a loser, do you? Well, it's a, it's a difficult situation for everybody, including China, because uh, as you have uh, corrected or quoted in my, my opinion, well, uh, Russia is China's strategic partner, but uh, we also have a very good relationship with Ukraine. Well, uh, I believe uh, China has tried its best to be in a neutral position. Uh, China has tried its best to be impartial. And I tell you, as if China is just uh, sitting on the fence, this is definitely the wrong impression. Think of this. If China joins Russia, yeah, uh, uh, in, uh, if China takes the Russian side, we are probably already in a third world war, but China hasn't. As far back as last May, you acknowledged 
pretty bluntly that Putin's all-out war against Ukraine had failed and you weren't impressed with his frequent threats to use nuclear weapons. Is that a view shared by the Communist Party, the senior echelons in the Communist Party or in the military in China? That is my personal view. Well, I believe that this war uh, will continue, but uh, Putin will not be a victor or a loser because Russia is so, so big and is so, so strong. So Russia won't lose this war, but it can hardly win this war uh, because actually Russia is fighting against the NATO indirectly. In terms of uh, the potential of him using nuclear weapon, I believe my answer is a, a very straightforward no, because uh, this would be against humanity, because this would be against the promise of Russia uh, when it declared in a joint statement with uh, other nuclear weapon states that a nuclear war can never be won, therefore it should not be fought at all. So is Putin's nuclear blackmail a step too far for China? Has Beijing started to get irritated by Moscow's threats? I think he should not talk uh, uh, about... Uh, he didn't talk about using nuclear weapons directly, but he did mention uh, as hints uh, how nuclear weapons might be used. He talked about the president uh, during the Second World War, what... Uh, I think he was referring to what happened to Nagasaki and Hiroshima. But that is a bad example to quote. You will not commit a murder because you have just seen the murder, right? So that is a use of nuclear weapon is against the Chinese policy, is against humanity. It should not be encouraged in any circumstances with any reasons at all. So what would China do about it? You keep saying that in the past that China should do more. What more should it do? To, pre to well, prevent, prevent already, nuclear war. Yeah, China actually has already done something uh, because uh, in uh, German Chancellor Scholz's visit to China, it was stressed by President Xi Jinping that nuclear weapons should not be used in Europe. And uh, uh, Mr. Scholz went back and said simply because of this agreement, his visit to China was worthwhile. And the president, she mentioned this again during his uh, bilateral meeting with President Biden at the G20. So China's position on this issue is clear cut. It is crystal clear. And is there any sign that Moscow is listening to China's position? Uh, I won't uh, be able to speak uh, on behalf of Russians, but I believe, well, if uh, somebody has written some uh, opinions in FT, in The Economist, or... Chinese president has talked on more than one occasion Russians should have heard it. You wrote recently that by threatening Ukraine, which chose to give up its nuclear weapons, Russia has already tarnished its reputation. Didn't it also tarnish its reputation by murdering large numbers of Ukrainians who pose no threat of any kind to Russia? Uh, well, the, we're talking about a war, and in wars, uh, definitely we would have casualties. On we're talking about sides. war crimes, senior colonel. Yeah. We're talking about war crimes here. We're not yeah, just talking yeah, about yes, war. We're talking about yes, women being yes. raped. We're talking about men being executed in cold blood. We're talking about children being deported from Ukraine to Russia. We're talking about war crimes here. 
Well, war crimes definitely are related to war because uh, without wars, how can we have war crimes? This definitely is a war. But uh, we in China understand this, and we do uh, call for respect for sovereignty. But in this case, do not just uh, mention about uh, the, the war itself. And the more important thing is also to discuss why this war has happened at all. Because of NATO's expansion, because all the Western countries, uh, all, uh, because all NATO countries has purposefully neglected warnings from even the Soviet Union, starting from Gorbachev to Boris Yeltsin to President Putin. Well, what makes Putin, President Putin different from his predecessors? He actually was not only giving warning, he carried it into action. So that is, that is the difference. So I believe to resolve this issue, I don't know how long it will last, but eventually the day will come when the war uh, becomes finished. But how can we make sure that uh, any war like this will not happen again? I believe NATO should really search its soul to stop expansion anymore. Probably exchange over Russia's pledge of not using nuclear weapons. Because this is what uh, Russia cares this most is nuclear, about. This is nuclear blackmail. This would be giving in to nuclear blackmail. And then, and then anybody can do that. North Korea could do that. Pakistan could do that. Iran, maybe, if it gets nuclear weapons, could do that. You open the way. The moment anybody rattles their nuclear weapons at you, you step back. That's the end of deterrence. Do you really want that? Is that what you're advocating? Give in to anybody who threatens you with a nuclear weapon? Well, that's exactly what I'm against. Uh, because uh, uh, nuclear weapon is uh, are not supposed, you know, to be even kept in the hands of the nuclear uh, weapon states. But you're suggesting uh, NATO MPP. should back down simply because um, Putin is threatening it with nuclear weapons. No, I, it's not my point. And NATO ha also has nuclear uh, weapon states among them, right? And you have the, the strongest military power in NATO. You have France, you have uh, uh, Britain, who also have nuclear weapons. Yes, well, and NATO is right not to threatening to use it. Unlike Russia, NATO is not threatening to use it, nuclear weapons. NATO is not threatening. Uh, NATO is not threatening to use nuclear weapons. That is correct. But NATO has not pledged to stop expansion, which caused Russia to uh, panic and which caused Russia to threaten to use nuclear weapons. So therefore, this that's, kind that's of a very simplistic view. That's a very simplistic NATO view of and the conflict. Russia about how they could reach a compromise. We cannot only talk about facts. Unless and until we come to root causes, we won't be able to find the right way to address all these problems. Let's talk about the other major issue on the horizon, which is Taiwan and China's increasingly threatening behavior towards it. Last year, Chinese planes made over 1,700 incursions into Taiwan's air defense identification zone. Largest incursion was by 47 planes on Christmas Day. A Chinese spokesman said it was a response to American provocation. And yet Beijing continues to insist it's for peaceful, striving for peaceful reunification. Has a funny way of showing its peaceful credentials, doesn't it? You use the wrong word, incursion. There is, there is no uh, uh, identification zone whatsoever or even airspace of Taiwan, which, because Taiwan is, is part of China. Yes, we, we have we sent many flights. We send them as a warning against the potential uh, of Taiwan becoming a uh, separatist uh, uh, part of China. So we want to stop that from happening. I'm happy you mentioned the United States. And, uh, well, 
this is a, almost like a chicken egg questions. But look at the fact that Nancy Pelosi visited China. Yeah, in spite of warnings from China, in spite of disagreement from uh, uh, Pentagon and from uh, President Biden, so she still insisted to go. She probably would be remembered. She, I think she wants to be remembered as someone who has left a legacy. But history is not only written by victors. It's also written by losers. Why, and she why, is such a loser. Why don't we just cut through all the rhetoric about peace? The message is clear enough. China will take Taiwan by force if it won't surrender voluntarily. And that time is getting close. Isn't that the bottom line? I don't think so, because... Uh, uh, you, but what are all these the threats China's for more. then? What are all these threats well, for? I think China's uh, readiness to use force is just uh, maintained as a last non-peaceful means. Because uh, uh, Taiwan, that is totally shattered and battered, would not be in the interest of the whole China. Therefore, we have expressed that we have multiple sincerity and would make utmost effort to resolve this issue peacefully. But not, we are not guaranteed that uh, definitely we might be able to, res to resolve this peacefully. So we, in the military, have to be well prepared. What does a and peaceful sovereignty? What, what does a peaceful is a settlement? Priority for any country to safeguard its sovereignty. What does China a peaceful settlement look like with Taiwan? What does a peaceful settlement look like with Taiwan? Taiwan giving in. Taiwan passing no, control think... to Beijing. Yeah, is that it? Well, we, we have laid down conditions and, uh, you know, for, for Taiwan, Taiwan Taiwanese people to listen to. And so these conditions are not secret at all. And we would be very much, you know, tolerant with the political system, with the way of living. Look at the fact that Taiwan's predecessor, Ma Yingju, certainly enjoyed a better relationship with, with mainland China, and he has reaped many benefits. Why? Because the mainland China has more trust in him. It's a question of trust. Although at that time we did not have a timetable to say when we should become reunified, but at least the men in China believe that it is possible for us to become reunified peacefully if we go down the road. Right now we do. Taiwan and and, and, ta Taiwan, and and Hong Kong is the model for this. The, the same blueprint um, as Hong Kong. Is that right? People will be divided into patriots and traitors. The so-called traitors who want to demonstrate and protest on the streets will go to jail for a long time. And the patriots, loyal to their new masters in Beijing, will get all the top jobs. Is that the scenario that China envisages? Well, well, well I think you are just uh, making it a bit simplistic into a black and white picture. Things but that's what's happened so in Hong Kong. That's what's happened no, in Hong Kong. No, I, I don't think so. Essentially, what you are asking is whether democracy in, in, in Hong Kong could be maintain, maintained, right? You're asking the question about democracy. But let me tell you, democracy has many forms. And what is clear in the world today is that, it's not my remarks, it's the, the, the report of Munich Security Conference. Not only the world is becoming less Western, but also the West itself is becoming less Western. If you are talking about democracy, democracy has been in decline. I mean, the Western democracy has been declined, according to Freedom House, ever since 2006. And I believe this kind of democracy continues to decline. How many people in the West really believe in Western democracy? Yeah. And to look at the United States. Even one in four people, according to, to, to the media, would believe the United States might just end up having a, having a, a civil war. 
Senior, yeah. senior Colonel Zhubo, how does democracy look in China these days? We've just had the largest anti-government protests in decades against the zero COVID policy. How, do, how does democracy we, look in your country these days? I think you have handpicked something. Let me tell you what is democracy in China. Democracy in China means that we have to, first of all, pay attention to people's right of subsistence and development. And which party in human history can actually shake up poverty of 800 million people in 40 years? This is done by the Chinese Communist Party. By repression. Yeah? So by repression. Chinese people are certainly much better off than in the past. Yeah, any people who are over the age of 40 would, would recognize that. So we are having Chinese democracy in our own way. So you are actually referring everything to a kind of Western type of democracy. I believe this is somewhat biased. Senior Colonel Zhubo, we've discussed international issues. We've discussed briefly issues inside China. Seen from Beijing, just how dangerous is the world looking right now? I think the world is looking really dangerous in that. Uh, the, the, it seems that the world is totally split. Yeah, China asked for cooperation with the United States, but uh, we always got from the United States what they call competition or even extreme competition. Let me ask you a question. When competition is already extreme, how far is it away from a conflict? It is good that China is, as a rising power is still talking about uh, cooperation, which makes you feel safer. Cooperation or competition? Senior Colonel Zhubo, thank you very much. We've run out of time. Thanks for your time. Thanks for being on Conflict Zone. Thank you very much. If you enjoyed the interview, please subscribe to the podcast and give Conflict Zone a review on your preferred platform. Thanks for joining us.